Welcome to Apples and Oranges. <laughs> this is not, it's not a regular episode. No, this is a very special ep, folks. It is part one of the, the Tournament, Tournament of, of Debate, Debate Prowess 2023. And uh, we've got some amazing competitors from this year's episodes going head to head. To decide, so we can figure out. Who is the finest, the greatest debater we've had on this year? Yeah, and so this episode is going to be round one. They're going to be four rounds, and everyone's going to go head-to-head, see who is moving on to the semifinals, then the year finals, and ultimately... We are going to find out who is the reigning champion of Apples and Oranges. Someone is going to challenge uh, J.D. Robertson for that title. Yes, and they will win my hand in marriage. Will my marriage continue, or will it... uh... Well, will someone, will someone new grab Jack's hands? Sweep me away. Sweep uh, him off his feet. Uh, we'll find out, folks. Enjoy these first round debates. And we're back. We are so back. With us today, we have, uh, we have two guests uh, from over the course of this year who need no introduction. But uh, maybe, maybe it would be best if they were to introduce themselves. Gents. Hey, I'm James. James Donlan. I'm I'm Aditya Maya. And and the parts of the city. Oh yeah. And these two rapscallions, they're gonna go head to head. And maybe, just maybe, one of them will take home uh the golds. The golds are not being literal gold, but a sort of uh gold standard of prize. Hello, Aditya, looking very fat this evening. <laughs> Okay. Silenced. Silenced. No response. Yeah. You know I can see you, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but nobody else can, right? (laughs) Nobody else can. All right. Well, we got two topics right here, thanks to our nifty and trusty uh, generator here. To give you each a topic, James, you're going to be arguing in favor of a foreign cuisine. And Aditya, you're going to be arguing in favor of a band. So we'll we'll take this moment to do one of our one of our famous vamps. Uh, vamps. A, I, I I want to suck your balls. Oh, oh, uh. <laughs> wow, dude, you guys have gotten so good at podcasting. I know. <laughs> We were the goats of this. We were just listening in our analytics and our three listeners. They they keep returning for the vamps. They uh, love the vamps. Yeah, they say yeah. that the analytics. The analytics yeah. say the three listeners are only here for Matt's uh, vamp anthem, so to speak. Yeah. Wow. They love when I do the horny vampire voice. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a good one. You guys should take that to to the stage. I was about to say that's like maybe a character, horny vampire. Well, well, actually, I'm I'm doing a one man show. the horny vampire at Edinburgh. <laughs> oh wow, Sacula. Yeah, exactly. And it's exactly. about your, it's about your childhood trauma growing up, different from other kids. <laughs> yes, I was always made an other, <laughs> marginalized by my own friends. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Folks, do we do we do we have some topics here? I think I, I got it. Please. Opening statement, if you will. Here we go. Oh, am I going? Oh, okay. Yeah, you oh, said yes. you got it. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, was not, I, I, I was just announcing that I had done it. I don't know if you needed more time. I was trying to wait for you to fall into my trap of letting you go first. <laughs> <laughs> James is like, what are other countries? I don't know what other countries have food. Kansas. <laughs> So, in the world and history of recorded music, how many people have decided, hey, I can do something and you can do something. Let's band together and make a band. Quite a few, I would say. Nowadays, we do podcasts. But back in the day, it was a group of people making music together. And I will say that I don't think there has ever been a group of people who made music more like themselves then 1960s British group, once in a TV show, then turned real, The Monkees. And I just think that uh, 
that's a, a thing we should all aspire to is to be in part of a show and then destroy the fourth wall of what we were our corporate overlords forced us to believe in and become real in many ways they're the pinocchio of 60s british invasion rock groups that's the end of my opening segment james wow. you know i think it was uh gandhi who once said this is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful wife, or whatever. And uh, I say that to make this point. Uh, Aditya, it's a shame to see you turn your back on your country so easily in this debate to choose a band such as the Monkees. When my, my, I will be defending today the integrity of the Canadian Jewish cuisine that I serve at my <laughs> serving job every day. Now, in my personal life, I work at a Canadian Jewish deli. And that is foreign enough for me, thank you very much. <laughs> I, uh, and you know what, that's just, the, that's how I feel, and that's what I'm gonna be defending today, uh, that that specific sect of Canadian cuisine. The floor is open. All right. Okay, um, let, let me just, minor clarification, after James said I wasn't defending my country. The Monkees are an American band, I don't know why I said they were British. They're American. I, and I live here now. And you know what? Not to get into any debates, but I was not raised Jewish. I'll just leave that there. Not going to touch it at all. But, but here's objection, the Your Honor. Here's the Check thing. this man's foreskin. <laughs> this is, I know it's a video call. Okay. Here's the thing. Look, would you rather eat the food of a of a group of people who aren't really even in Canada, and I can say that because I'm from there. Or would you rather support a group of men who named themselves after our ancestors, primordial, you know, like monk, I mean, it was too, you get it. Uh, and, and and took everything, every, every setback thrown against them. They were given a TV show. That's terrible if you want to be musicians. They were adored by millions. When have Jewish people ever been adored by millions? That's terrible if you want to make it. And then they did. They, they were nominated for a Grammy, pr probably, I would imagine, for such great songs as Shrek's I'm a Believer, uh, uh, um, another song, uh, the one that was in Glee. There, it's, a, it's an unbelievable combination of artists that came together. And James is just arguing for a minority group in a country that, I, I, honestly, I'm, I don't know if I've ever met a Canadian Jewish person. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, need I remind you of the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Well, those three things are representative in the cuisine that I'm defending today in, in the form of poutine, fries, gravy, and cheese curds all come combined to make Canadian cuisine. And, my, you know, my opponent here today, I can tell based on his attitude and the way he's talking about our ancestors and our ancestral uh, you know, people from from the monkeys. Well, I, I'm actually I'm actually a creationist, and I'm pulling all the Christians and all of the, the fundamentalists in, and I'm defending them in this moment to say that I deny that you can that you can base your argument in in uh, in history, okay? Because this world is two thousand years old, okay? And Canada has good Jewish cuisine <laughs> that I serve to people for way too much money, okay? It's 2,000 years old. It's not 6,000 years old. In my thing, it's 2,000, okay? That's a different thing. Well, you know, Quebec is famously uh, uh, a secular place. And I believe poutine was invented specifically as a way to avoid going to church. Really, and so really. your argument eats itself as much as I often do when I eat poutine that you bring me from your job. But I'll just you say that the when's the last time any of us danced to a monkey's song? silence crickets perhaps <laughs> exactly. i don't think anyone exactly and we and this show is about the underdog i don't want everyone loves poutine i can name three people who love poutine i serve i can't name four people who love the monkeys i saw i serve i'm very sick i don't think i know anything i i've not heard one word that has come out of my mouth <laughs> i serve turkey sandwiches i serve pastrami to smiling happy people you know who's smiling and happy at the monkeys everyone that was ever made happy by the music of the monkeys is dead they're old 
They're deaf. They're dead. They've forgotten their daughter's name. And how dare you? Shrek, how dare you remind Shrek, people of these tracks? Shrek. The monkeys were in Shrek. You know who? You know who loves Shrek? That was a donkey. Okay, Jaden that was not Smith. a, mon a Jaden monkey. Jaden Smith loves Shrek. If I'm to quote our prophet, he goes, "Rap is just one of my fetishes, like a dragon that's pregnant," which is, I think, a Shrek thing. And yeah, when's the last time a son thing. of a famous '90s sitcom star slash rapper? Rapped about poutine being a fetish of his, James. Ever heard of MF Doom? <laughs> Go ahead. I want to hear this live. Remember when he was like going to the high school picking up poutine? <laughs> okay. Is that the whole line? That's the whole line as I remember it. Right. And uh, the record will show that I, I have a clean record. The record okay, will show good. my Did clean. Did Madlib produce that? Listen, man. Yeah, yeah. It was on Mad Villainy too. Uh, the, Can <laughs> the, the Canadian tapes. The Canadian tapes. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's just shameful to see you on here, like going after your band. How about you defend a real band? How about you go after something that actually made an impact in our culture and not some hack TV show made up industry plant? Hey, you know what never got planted in the industry? Poutine. That's yeah, sure. That's it, it, it was a grass move, moves Obama esque movement to the people. That's how poutine got popular. Drop the microphone on his own penis, screaming <laughs> in pain. Here's it took so long because it fell so far to hit the bottom of my penis. Does that, just, does that mean you have a been spending most our lives living in the gangsters? <laughs> Your penis is just very low on your body. That doesn't mean it's large. Am I winning? Am I? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think. I, I think. I don't think you're winning, but I definitely know I'm losing. Hmm. I think That's... we should. I think we should move to some closing statements. So let's hear okay. uh, <laughs> thoughts before we close this out. All right. My opponent today has thrown so many attacks at me, at my country, at a, at my character, repudiating my one-time home, and all I have to say is this: Were the monkeys real? They were in our hearts. And what is more reflective of the human condition than something that we want so badly to be true that it becomes true? Poutine is what it is. Fries, curds, gravy. The monkeys, they're whatever we want them to be. Thank you. The 1960s was a beautiful landscape of the, of the cultural experience here in America. While many men were being flown to, fight, to give their lives in wars, just senseless violence. Draft dodgers were pretending to be bands on TV so they could escape the horrors of war. And so why my opponent would defend a couple of, of shameful, shameful musician types uh, it is just beyond <laughs> me. Uh, that's just, that's, that's just uh, first and foremost. And, and, and in closing, um, you know, poutine, cheese, gravy, all the meats I, I mentioned, when you bring them all together, it, it, it becomes a family and it becomes family cooking. And you know what happens to the monkeys? There's no family because they're all dead. Wow. Oh my you God. You dropped... dropped the mic twice. It's still falling. Oh, it just it just landed <laughs> on your penis. Oh, it's so far to the ground. <laughs> what a heavy microphone. <laughs> lands on your head each time. Get tall chairs. <laughs> well, folks, I think it's pretty clear uh, what happened here today. Um, and what 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 happened here was actually summed up best by one of our one of our uh, tournamentees, uh, Aditi Maya, who said, uh, it, "It's not that James is winning; it's that Aditi is losing." And that's exactly <laughs> what happened here today. <laughs> James has been handed the victory. <laughs> wow. Look at that. It's out of the park. I actually can't even uh, see the ball anymore. Uh, but you can't see your penis. <laughs> and what um, what, what have you to say, sir? <laughs> no, this was, this was a formidable battle, and uh you 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 both did uh close. <laughs> Fine. You were both you logged on. <laughs> you logged on, and most importantly, you have been selected to be in this tournament, which in a way is like winning.
Good enough. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. All that matters. But uh, th- this is that moment. And uh, James, you're moving on to the next round. So, Aditya, if you would like to plug anything uh, before we call this a round. Well, uh, I and I alone do a show every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. at Star Bar. Off the <laughs> stop, come through. You'll be you'll you'll be a large percentage of the crowd if you do. And I don't even. That's a rough time it. slot to have to do a comedy show. And do you guys have a hard time pulling crowds? Um, recently, last week actually, I don't know what it was about our show last week, but it was one of the best ones we've ever had. So I wonder why. Maybe maybe one of the, the maybe the third producer of the show couldn't make it. No, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is uh, <laughs> about the blistering hot trails of killing in comedy. After I walked off stage, yeah, right, the I'm blistering gonna... pain of of losing this this match. Yep, I, I, I will I will admit this hurts. This hurts a lot. <laughs> this might be the last time you see and you see me again. We're gonna have to let you uh, sit with that pain because it, it, it's time for us to move on to the next round. Thank you both, James. We will see you, Aditya. You're uh... sorry, pal. It's a tough ride. <laughs> and we're back and here we have two rather fierce competitors uh fierce competitors why why don't you introduce yourselves hello (laughs) i'll go uh i'm lauren i am a female comedian Hello all, uh, my name is Cal. Um, I'm a protest songwriter. Ooh, we have a female comedian and a protest songwriter. Uh, <laughs> like like everyone else here on this year's tournament, uh, if you want to get to know a bit more about them in the debate sense, you should check out their episodes from earlier this year. But enough of that. This is purely about skill and about competition. And it's also about pure raw emotion. I don't know if you could tell from their intros, but they're clearly pissed at each other, having just met. There's anger, they're they're seething. Uh, and we're we're ready for all of that and more to come out uh in, in this in this debate. Matt, I think we've got we've got two topics. Oh yeah, we got two topics. Uh Lauren, you're gonna be arguing in favor of a part of the body. And Cal, you're gonna be arguing in favor of a reptile. Uh, whoever would like to begin first, please go right ahead. In the meantime, Jack and I will do sort of some of our classic vamps. For instance, I could say something to Jack, like, uh, say, say Jack, this year baseball game, uh, uh, who, who's on first? Who's, who's on first? Well, Matt, who's on first? No, I'm asking you, who's on first? Uh, I think this partnership's over. Uh, this has been another episode of Apples and Oranges, uh, Thank you all for listening. You guys Lauren should write Cal. that down. It, that yeah. actually that was written down. That was that was prepared. We, oh, we have a whole okay. a whole Bible of oh, bits. Man. Um, do do our two debaters have uh, topics for chance? For chance? Yes. What's Please your Lauren first? Yeah. Um, just as I bravely stood up to introduce myself first as the more powerful <laughs> debater, I will go ahead and present first and. Believe it or not, I'm already using what I would like to speak about, which is called a mouth. Mm-hmm. Nearly everyone has them. And I pray for those that don't, but I'm not speaking about them today. And they can't say anything back. I love the mouth. It goes in, it goes out. You can come in, come out <laughs> freely. You can speak, you can eat, you can vomit i have known people who have had shit come out their mouth due to having crohn's disease and needing to evacuate that elsewhere and the mouth was brave enough to do it a mouth also has a weapon called teeth so that rules in closing (laughs) (laughs) all right now cal all all good points yeah, oh, now, oh. Now, now that we know what that mouth do, uh, let's, let's hear Cal. Uh, yes, all good points made by Lauren there. Um, I'm glad that I got, uh, uh, what did I get? A reptile? Yes, a reptile. This one's near and dear to my heart because 
Um, and my favorite animal, maybe my spirit animal, if that's still a thing anyone cares about, would be the turtle. Um, I think, and I'm not a smart man, but if you look at the turtle's lifestyle, mostly I think they like to lay out in the sun. Then when it gets too hot, they go into the water. And intermittently, they eat and hang out. Um, and I think that's a way better lifestyle than humans, even though we have the internet. And that's going so well. And maybe this is there, so it's borne out a little bit because you got giant sea turtles and they live to be, what, 150 years old or something? I'm not going to Google it. Uh, but it might be because they don't have as much mental strain um, that's causing them to decay so quickly. Um, so that might be some science. And again, I'm not a man of science. Um, and I think, you know, the mouth, obviously, turtles have mouths. Um, they're both cute. You know, you see like a little video of like a little tiny sea turtle. He's like biting a strawberry. Very cute. But then a snapping turtle fucking snap your goddamn arm off. That's highly functional. But there are many, also many other things in totality about the turtle that I think it make, makes it a little better. Lest I mention the shell. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Not a lot of people have that. That's the last thing I'll say. All righty. The floor has been opened for fierce debate. Okay, Cal. Um, all I kind of heard from you was mouth, 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 mouth. Turtles have mouths. They need to eat to survive. That's right. You have a mouth for as long as I've known you, which I think is like 35 years or something. Long time. You have always spoken with your mouth. So even... It, it, you described a turtle as something you like because it's dumb and it conserves <laughs> its energy. And that is, I, I want to uplift intelligence. And that is what I'm doing by using my mouth and speaking about mouth. And again, you would not be here. None of us would be here if not for our mouths. This There's is really true. Nothing more to be said about that. That's true. Now, there is a certain limitation of the mouth that I think other species, maybe most species, could communicate without inflections of the voice or mouth. Um, uh, but you're so, talking about know. a turtle. <laughs> I'm talking about all sorts of, you know, bugs and stuff. Now they're going to outlive the nukes. They need mouths. I don't, I mean, this the mouth is like everything. I don't even see how you, a mouth is God. Where there's there's nothing that beats a mouth. But it isn't isn't there a point too though that that the mouth is one uh, function amongst like a mouth is nothing without a brain or eyeballs or the other respiratory because uh, the turtle is it's it's a whole it's the whole deal it's all the stuff working together. No, you yourself just mentioned bugs, which I think have almost no brain. <laughs> I they will love mouth. I will concede I am less concerned with, with the brain and intelligence. Uh, maybe I should be more concerned about that. But uh, couldn't couldn't humans have developed sort of nonverbal communications? Didn't we do that for probably a long time, right? Yeah, and life sucked. Everything <laughs> was awful. <laughs> I don't know. People might have been living in little communes and loving each other more than they do now. But... Can you guys see me? My whole screen has frozen. We can see you. Love that. How eerie for me. Like, isn't there something to, to be said for <laughs> if, if turtles have a reputation? Um, you know, I'm talking Finding Nemo style. People are like, turtles are laid back. And isn't all the spiritual practices of the world really an attempt <laughs> in some fundamental way to be more laid back? Yeah. I think a mouth is a huge part of that. I mean, a mouth brings, it, yes, it brings sustenance, communication. It also brings pleasure sexually, food-wise, speaking, kissing, uh, you know, brushing your teeth is sort of pleasurable for some people. 
Um, all, all very true. And I, the only counter that I have to it is that the mouth is only uh, one portion of a, it, the mouth demands uh, uh, the rest of a system. And like a, um, a mouth unto itself cannot exist, I think. I actually disagree with that. I think that a mouth on its own is perfectly fine. I would be overjoyed to exist as nothing but a mouth. You really don't need anything else from a person <laughs> or a creature. It's reminding me of those little like toys that's just a mouth and it's like teeth that chatters and you mm -hmm. and you wind it, you know? Those things are for enough. horror. Those are for horror movies. I mean, this is uh, <laughs> chattering teeth. That's a horror movie to you. Well, I mean, <laughs> as part of it, as part of a other, as part of a montage, you know, of other kind of things you're cutting uh, around. Part to. of the horror movie montage, right? Yes, you know, they included in this in one shot. To me, I I see that I see the chattering teeth, and I'm seeing vitality and joy. Yeah. But what would you say too, actually, now that like uh now that we're talking about teeth, um, teeth can be particularly I says for most of human history, just rotted and painful. And then you gotta go in there and yank them out. This is I mean, sounding that... very personal. I've never had that experience. Well, <laughs> let's set aside my own orthodontry for a second. <laughs> And say that uh, most of all the humans, there are the cavemen, their teeth are rotting out of their head. What's that about? That's obviously a flaw. Why are you, what are, what do cavemen have to do with this? They are gone. We have evolved and we've kept and bettered our mouths. That's true. That is true. Turtles, but... by the way, turtles have barely evolved, which is one of the major problems with them. I would submit that it is one of the major strengths. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Um, and that may be where we disagree, I suppose. I yeah, I mean, ready... I think this is a fundamental issue between the two of us. And and I think with that, we're we're ready to hear some some closing statements. Uh, Cal, since you went second for opening, would you like to close us out now? Yes. Again, um, trying to say that the mouth is useless would be a fool's errand. But I do think I found a rather salient point that a mouth uh, is not so great on its own. It's got to have the food in the belly and the other folks to chat with. And the turtle has all of those things. Uh, maybe they're not the smartest, though. Maybe they are the smartest. <laughs> Lord knows we can't give them a goddamn IQ test. But maybe it's about, uh, I don't know, what they value or something. Maybe that's not the best point. <laughs> but let me end by saying this. Amongst the inner, if you were to take a poll of all the folks on the internet, we go top five cutest animals across the animal kingdom. You got your kittens going to be in there? Sure. There's all the obvious ones, even lions, sick. And people kind of generally like fish, they're not in there. Nobody's gonna be like a tr oh, a trout. Wow. <laughs> fish are generally the creatures of the sea are kind of fucked up looking. Um, a shark, very scary. You know, they're, they're kind of badass in a way, but we're really kind of either horrifying, like an octopus that can turn into the size of a nickel and change its color and stuff. And the fish that don't have eyes. Um Against all odds, the turtle would be top five. And that is a huge deal. That's my closing statement. All right, Lauren. Thank you. I, I don't want to waste too much time talking about Cal's closing statement, but I do just want to point out that we talked about so many other creatures other than turtles, which I think really speaks to the deficit that turtles have. Turtles have mouths. I mean, that's... That's obvious. What can I say? Mouths encapsulate everything. They have the softness of the tongue, the hardness of the teeth, <laughs> the sound. Every sense that you can imagine comes from a mouth. Touch, feel, those are the same ones. Smell, sound. 
And uh, there's another one that I think the mouths do as well. Mouths. Let, let me say this. Picture the most epic rock and roll band poster that you can picture. And you're picturing the Rolling Stones mouth. There's really nothing, nothing that can top that. I don't even have to bring it up, but I just am going to because it's like, you know, the the cherry on top. Mouths. I mean, God, I'm using one right now. There's really, there's nothing more to it. Mouths rule turtles. I wish they would. Um, I wish they would go extinct, frankly. <laughs> Excellent. Wow. Work. All right. That was that was excellent work from both of you. That was rather a rather formidable match. Uh, but we have a winner right here. Uh, the winner going Wait, on to I, the how just how does this work, by the way, that you're mm-hmm. both judges? Yeah, we're yes. both judging this. We're both judges. <laughs> so what if you disagree? You're not gonna disagree. You, you guys, that doesn't why, happen. Why would we ever do that? <laughs> you guys a clear are, winner, Cal. You guys are a fucking your apprehension. <laughs> the fact that you've already come to sort of judge the system. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's not me. That's not me. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, the the winner of this uh, uh, matchup, who's going on to the next rounds, going on to the semifinals of the uh, Apples and Oranges Tournament of Debate Prowess 2023, is Lauren Arnett. Wow. Thank you. This is huge. <laughs> I must admit, the Rolling Stones logo was a sniper shot right at the end. Yeah. And I am yeah. someone who loves well, guns. So thank you it, for saying that. Yes, I gathered. <laughs> well played. Well, Holy well that, that does it for this little segment here. Uh, Cal, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Um, as a fucking loser, I guess not, pal. Um, <laughs> check out the Socialist Variety Hour. Uh, we'll have a bunch of shows next year. There will be a bunch of shows next year. Uh, that does it for Cal. Lauren, we will see you uh, next time. And uh, we'll be right back. And we're back. And here with us, we have uh, we have two guests who who are it's it's sort of a veritable matchup. Uh, in my mind, these are two of the the finest debaters we've had on this year. This is my uh, most anticipated matchup, uh, truthfully. Uh, we have Big Chobo and Alec Berry. Hello. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's great to be back. And it's great to have both of you back, and particularly because we got some red hot topics here, and maybe mm. just maybe one of you could ride one of these topics and a myriad of others, of course, to victory across not just this match but the entire goddamn tournament, Oof. if we're lucky. Folks, here they are. Big Chobo, you will be arguing in favor of a book title, the title of a book. Title of a book. And Alec, you'll be arguing in favor of a dessert. Oh, I like that. A dessert item. And now we're going to do one of our famous vamps. Um, five, six, seven, eight. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. Maybe my heart on fire. Maybe my heart got wild. You can't abuse me. How about abuse me? How about hit it? Hello, my ragtime girl. And for those who saying I was doing a really elaborate dance during that. It was amazing. I mean, there was leg. There was face there, was, there was so much going on yeah there was even ankle i was really impressed um my question though is are there opening statements has anyone chosen a, a topic yet and would like to begin yes i i would like to jump right in if i may and and just at the top could i just do a quick level check are you hearing me okay yes because i'm, yes. I'm not in my usual not in the chobo castle this week uh, as i'm right. sure you can mm-hmm. see I'm, I'm actually house sitting um i'm uh I'm not at liberty to say who I'm house sitting for, but let's just say I'm. Is it Barack Obama? It's it's definitely not Barack Obama. It's um, last I checked, Barack Obama does not live uh, anywhere near Mar-a-Lago, but that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, the Wi-Fi here is actually kind of spotty, but you know, so it's, it's it's not a it's not it's no Chobo Castle, but it's it's fine. It's a fine place. Anyway, um, 
I'd like to talk to you about a book title that uh, it really speaks to me. It's, it's really always spoken to me. It's, uh, it's a book that I've uh, not read, but uh, that I think the title says all you need to know, which is a little book called Heart of Darkness. Now, what's Heart of Darkness about? Don't know. But uh, I can tell you one thing. It sounds like it's probably kind of good, maybe even a little bit long. Maybe people who have read that book are smart. Uh, I'm not the kind of guy who reads books. I'm the kind of guy who looks at titles of books on spines and uh, hard jacket covers. And when I see that title, Heart of Darkness, I think, boy, that could be about anything. That could be about a guy with a heart of, well, not a heart of light, certainly not. And um, probably not a, not a brain of darkness either. I guess really it's about a guy with a heart of absolute deep, deep darkness, which uh, Big Chobo relates to big time. Let's just say that. Ooh, ominous. Excellent. Um, Alec, your opening statement? Yes, my opening statement. Um, and I'll get to the dismantling of, of the heart of darkness soon. But just for my opening statement, it's going to be a dessert that I have that I've known for years, you know, that's really close to my heart. And, and honestly, I would consider maybe my own brother. And that is, um, it's a specific delicacy of of a solo cup filled with Red Bull that you sprinkle um, Sour Patch watermelons into. And I'd say that's my go-to dessert. Um, it just has so many layers to it because you can have a regular Sour Patch watermelon to catch with your mouth as you're sprinkling it in. You can also allow them to fall to the bottom so they become a little treat for you when you finished your Red Bull. You got drink, you got solid, you got sour, you got energy. Really, it's representative of America um, and sort of the, the mosaic of cultures that this nation represents um, in a red solo cup, the most American of cups. And that's my that's my opening statement. That's where we're just getting started Excellent. with this. The, the floor is now open. You know, Alec, you, you bring up an interesting point there, and it sounds like, you know, you've been asked to describe a dessert, and um, sounds like you've picked maybe four or five different desserts there. Uh, you got ice cream, you got uh, rainbow, you got sour, you know. It, it's a little bit, don't you think you're getting a, a little bit crazy there? I, I think that um, if, if you're going to have a dessert, pick a, pick a simple dessert that anyone can uh, interpret and, and have their own way. Much like my title, Heart of Darkness, who knows what the fuck this book is about? Nobody. But uh, what could it mean? It could mean anything. And, uh, and to that, I, I ask you to, to say to me, you know, could a person interpret your dessert in as many uh, delightful variations? I'd say my dessert is exactly that. There's many variations with the many layers that I specified before, with liquids, with uh, with with candy in it, with the sour coating that that can rush to the top and and give the Red Bull a new flavor, or the the dyes that are in the sour patch that maybe will color the Red Bull, you know, a little bit pinkish red, a little bit green. You see, Big Chobo, when I'm hearing you attack my dessert. I'm hearing a closed-minded man project his insecurities. Mm. Well, I'm nothing if not closed-minded. Um, I've always prided myself on my uh, inability to uh, uh, accept others, really, if we're going to mm. go right down Interesting. to it. Um, I really think that you should be more like Big Chobo and, uh, and, and get to sort of my feeling that um, books are not meant to be read. And uh, desserts are meant to be indiscriminately sort of uh, eaten without really thinking much about it and, and, and just shoving it down your gullet. Big Chobo, I'm sensing a flaw here in your in your understanding of the world and your understanding of the human race is that mm. you think everybody should be just like you. Everybody shouldn't read books. Everybody should only eat one thing for dessert. But I'm the man of the future. And I think that the Red Bull and, and the Sour Patch watermelon combination is indicative of the future. If that right there were a book, it would be every book. And I think books should be read because they are the windows to our souls and brains. They are, they are the, <laughs> the, the fucking ideas of the free thinkers of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And that's really what a Red Bull and a solo cup with, with 
Sour Patch water, Watermelons is, it's it's not the big Chobo dessert. And because of that, it's the dessert of everybody. Oh, it's certainly not the big Chobo dessert. Would you like to know what the big Chobo dessert is? I would love to know what the big Chobo dessert is so I can take it down in one swoop. <laughs> Handful of kosher salt. Lick it up. That's my dessert, baby! <laughs> big Chobo, all I have to say is that dessert sucks. <laughs> well, you have not you have not had it after a, a handful of uh, my fa- famous big chobo pills. Uh, that'll really hit the spot. But listen, yeah, I, I'm not saying it doesn't sound like a fine dessert. It sounds like a fine dessert. Uh, but does it have the the sort of call to adventure that a, a book title such as Heart of Darkness implies? I, I'm actually. Um, Seeing here, I'm, I'm being uh, in, informed on my uh, signature Big Chobo social media empire here that uh, Heart of Darkness is actually an 1899 novella by a Polish-English novelist named Joseph Conrad. Mm. I'm immediately bored and I don't care. But the, the title itself, it just implies a sort of um, deep hatred. I can only assume that this book is a, uh, I don't know, pro-imperialist uh, work that that, that will uh, explain why some men are inherently greater than others. You see, Big Chobo, I hear you putting down the content of your book a lot so far in this debate. And only Wouldn't know, haven't read it. it. Well, but you're saying it's boring. You're saying it's boring and you're not going to read it because reading is lame, but the title is so good. The title is so well written. Guess who wrote the inside of the book, Big Chobo? The same guy who wrote the title. I'm just saying, if you can only... <laughs> If you can only capture and consume heart of darkness, three words, and one of those words is only two letters, uh-oh, that's <laughs> what's going on there. And further, further, Big Chobo, if you'll hear me out, you said that heart of darkness as a title is a call to adventure, and a cup of Red Bull with, with Sour Patch Watermelons in it is not. I would say, if anything, it's the other way around. Heart of Darkness is a very internal thing. It's a thing for, for sad boys to sit in the corner and to go, oh, look at me and my Heart of Darkness. If you drink a solo cup of Red Bull with Star Patch Watermelons in it, you're going to run across the fucking nation like Forrest Gump there and back again. You're going to go catch all 150 Pokemon. You're going to go do every single thing you've ever wanted to do because Red Bull's got the caffeine, the punch, and the lore that America deserves. <laughs> wow. You know nothing about Big Chobo if you don't think that I've already caught 150 Pokemon. But uh, that's interesting. <laughs> Boy, uh, sorry, I just thought there was a research department on this show. No, it's no worries. Um, that's fine. <laughs> uh, a call to adventure, you say your dessert is. Uh, a call to the hospital, it sounds like to me. And, uh, and, and what is that I see out of the corner of my eye? Is, is, is that our uh, co-host Jack Holmesley drinking a Red Bull and then immediately needing to sneeze and cough? It was just uh, a blue sh- It was just the same shade as Red Bull. I uh, see. It looked to me like maybe a gigantic uh, <laughs> Red Bull. A 30-ounce Red Bull. <laughs> I'm sorry, and how many ounces Red Bulls uh, does your dessert count call for? It really depends on the size of the solo cup and how many times you want to refill it. It's a it's really custom catered to uh, the user's ceiling of caffeine and sugar that they can have. You can really tailor. You can use sugar free Red Bull if you want. You can use regular Red Bull if you want. You could use the twenty ounce Red Bull and keep filling it up every time, or you could just do this much, not even fill the the uh, solo cup up all the way. It's really a um, a do your own thing. It's it's really um you know open to uh, different people's lifestyles. I have uh, what doctors have referred to as an inadvisable diet. Uh, is your dessert right for me? Um, I would say so. I would say there's a version of my dessert out there that's right for everybody. How would you tailor it to the Big Chobo uh, experience? Because this is not something only that I would enjoy. This is something that I would uh, then sort of uh, distribute to my many, uh, my, my little Chobos, you know, my little Chobites. Mm. Okay. Uh, then I would say if, if we're talking with little Chobos, the Chobites, I would say go with the 8.4 ounce can, usually the mm. smallest can found in, uh, you know, any corner store. Um, I would say usually go for the uh, the sugar-free variant uh, as to uh, to avoid any complications with that. Um, and from that, I mean, that's, that's, that's all I got to say on that front. Uh, I'd say 8.4, sugar-free, 
of course, our best one. Yep, yeah, I think so. Speaks for itself. It's good. Doesn't need that much tailoring. Okay. Uh, sounds like it sucks, and uh, sounds like it might be better to uh, you know just be walking past a library. Imagine a great library in a great man's home. Uh, one could say that I'm looking at one right now, and uh, and seeing that that beautiful title is calling out to you. It makes you say, should I pick that book up and see what's inside it? And then you say, nah, I don't want to do that. I want to go outside and I want to, I want to take my special pills and I want to drink my special juice and I want to throw things all across the yard and at the house and make a big, big mess out here. So, you know, you could say that your little dessert is nice, but I could say that my adventure is lifelong and never ending. Big Chobo, what you just said has nothing to do with the title of your book. You keep coming back to the Chobo lifestyle rather than the title of the book. We, we're, we're really arguing <laughs> here, my dessert versus the Chobo lifestyle and the Chobo experience. Uh, the Chobo <laughs> lifestyle is perfectly summed up by the phrase, heart of darkness. I have not heard anything about that so far. You go, the title sounds cool, but the book probably sucks. Anyway, I'm Chobo. I keep going here saying... <laughs> Really, not just for me, but for everybody, the Red Bull in a Solo Cup with Sour Patch Watermelons is the future of the world. And I think, you know, when when we meet aliens uh, years on down the road, or if we have before, the first thing that we say to them should not be, take me to your leader, should not be, listen to the Beatles. It should be, have this dessert. Have this dessert, because it's what human beings really are about. Mm. I think we're uh, approaching sort of closing sentiments. Why, why don't we have uh, Chobo hit us to the closer? And then we'll hear from him. Well, I guess in, in summation, I would say, I remember uh, the last time that somebody told me that a dessert was the um, was the dessert of the future. It was former Mar-a-Lago house sitter, Sean Spicer, uh, re-dipping dots. <laughs> and uh, let's just say that guy <laughs> is uh, no longer welcome at a certain uh, casa. So, you know, uh, you, you made some good points. Your dessert sounds uh, like it would give me heartburn immediately. Uh, Big Chobo, don't play that. Uh, all I'll say is uh, look into your heart and see if you find a, you know, a watermelon Sour Patch Red Bull concoction or if you find uh, that your heart is uh, completely engulfed with darkness. All right. And from me... I'm going to say I'm hearing a lot for Big Chobo, not about his not about his title. I'm hearing a lot from Big Chobo talking about himself and immediately undercutting the title and saying why it's not good. And and also, I'm not seeing that the Chobo lifestyle and the name Heart of Darkness match up. I'm hearing a lot of Chobos for adventure, Chobos for this. Also, Heart of Darkness sounds cool. What we've really been for the most part talking about is the logistics of my Red Bull drink and how it can affect the little chobos of the world and how it can create a brighter future tomorrow i'm not seeing a lot of that from a heart of darkness i'm not seeing a lot of progress from a heart of darkness i'm seeing a lot of sitting in a library and feeling sorry for yourself red bull and, and sour patch watermelons really is the way of the future wow <clears throat> extremely formidable debates um both thank sides. you extremely this was uh a really close one um Jack and I were actually just uh, a little peek behind the scenes. We were just doing some of our classic telepathic communication techniques uh, that we, we like to do to sort of communicate during, you know, when others are debating. And uh, one thing we discussed was um, Big Chobo. That was a very, uh, a very wise play, that, that opener, that, um, you know, was a very formidable moment. Uh, but in totality, we are going to give the win to Alec. All right. I'm popping get, up the clapping hands on the screen. Big Big Chobo can admit when he's been beaten. Uh, that has not happened <laughs> here, and I will be contesting this win in court. But uh, you know, it was it was nice to hang out. It's been an honor, and, uh, Big Chobo. And and very nice to hang out with you all as well. Now, Big Chobo, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, this episode being released on December 29th. December 29th. I, I guess I would uh, I would plug uh, Christmas Day. I uh, would hope that everyone has had a nice one. Mm. Mm. That's lovely. And Alec, we will see you next time in the next round of this wonderful tournament of debate prowess. 
Sounds good. I'll be training. I'll be doing push-ups just with one finger for when until the next one starts recording. Is that when you switch over to multiple fingers, if not whole hands? No, I'll probably stick with the one finger. And we are so back. Folks, we've got another round for you right here. Two fierce debaters going head to head. In one corner, we have the wonderful, hilarious Sebastian Martinez. Hello, hello, hello. And in the other corner, we have the fabulous, spectacular, hilarious Harley Klein. Are you? Uh, oh. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, okay. Uh, hello, guys. Hi. Hi, Carly. <laughs> Carly, hold on. Carly, what was that? What was I, that? I was trying to figure out if there was words in there. That was a gleeful British hello on this fine Saturday morning. Oh, wow. oh okay. Oh, it's a culture Very nice. episode. Well, top of the morning. Oh, every, every, and you know what I'll say? It top of the morning to you as well, Sebastian. <laughs> top of the morning. <laughs> um, I'd like to know, Matt, do you have the, the topics of the morning? I got our topics of the morning right here. Uh, and I will dispense them now at my leisure. All right, I've decided to right now. Carly, you will be debating in favor of a child's toy. And Sebastian, you will be debating in favor of a holiday. Mm. Mm. And now we'll give you some time to think about that. We are going to do one of our famous vamps. <laughs> She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. Let's try to do this over Zoom together. She'll be coming around the mountain. I can do the backup vocals. I'll do like the ad lib. So you go ahead. When she comes. Yeah. yeah. She'll be coming around the mountain. She'll be coming around the mountain. Yeah. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. Thank you. All right. Oh, and thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, do either of you have your topics? All right. Well, let's get this going. Uh, I saw Carly nod first. Carly, why don't you begin with your opening statement? Hello. So, um, hello, dear, dear fellows. Um, the, 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 the child's toy that, that I chose is uh, the famous Baby Alive. Now, Baby Alive is an excellent, excellent toy to give a child. Not only do you get to feel like you are a young mother or father at the ripe age of three, but... You get to see your your baby poop. You get to you get to feed your baby gross gross stuff and see it come out the other end. You get to prepare yourself at the ripe age of two and a half how to change a baby. You you need to be that prepared in life. Baby alive. Oh, it burps, it throws up, it giggles. It's not scary, it's beautiful. Baby Alive is the best toy to gift a young child at any, any, any event or holiday. Very nice. Let's hear from Sebastian. Yes. Uh, the holiday that I have chosen is the holiday that just passed because listeners are listening to this on December 29th. So this holiday just passed. Uh some people know it as the day that Jesus was born. Others know it as Christmas. Look, Chris, many holidays, we, there's no buildup, nor is there any lasting effect after the day. Um, Christmas begins, the celebration of it begins roughly, some might argue, uh, the day right after Thanksgiving. A holiday that you can spend nearly more than a month celebrating uh, more than just uh, like one activity that you can do. There are multiple things that you can do in celebration of Christmas. There are holiday markets. There is the music that a whole radio station shuts down what they normally play. 106.7, I'm looking at you. And they just play Christmas music 24-7. There's also movies. There is also 
uh, making gingerbread houses. It's more than just a singular day, a uh, singular holiday, more like a holiday month or a holiday way of life for that time. I yield the rest of my time. The floor is now open. Wow. Christmas, Christmas. Okay. Okay. <laughs> It's just you know what I see when I when I think of Christmas I think of the 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 girl we all went to middle school with who made her birthday a birth month that's Christmas <laughs> all right the girl that you know didn't invite every classmate to the party she just did selective people to her birth month baby alive on the other hand is versatile. It prepares you to breastfeed at the ripe age of one and a half. And we're going to say that that's okay. It's more than okay. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you've created a problem now. You've created a social situation that a toy is teaching children how to breastfeed at a single digit age. <laughs> That is the beautiful part of Baby Alive. <laughs> Baby Alive is gorgeous. I mean, it just it's it's a beautiful way for um you to practice how to uh chew your food for your own baby. You can chew your food, make it to much, put it in a little dropper, put it in the mouth, and uh-oh, what happens? Burp. <laughs> beautiful. So so are we choosing um how different things exit our body as more important than a holiday in which families can get closer together or families that are, you know, spread across the entire world, but they come back together for this one magical near month of uh, picking up where they left off from the previous holiday or the previous Christmas. Not only that, but also expressing the love for each other uh, by giving gifts and thinking about each other and really diving into um, the relationship with one uh, person. I'd like to say that Baby Alive is a manufactured toy item uh, that if it breaks, well, it can't do what it was built to do. But meanwhile, Christmas is a holiday uh, that oversees this entire month and kind of dives back into uh, what is important in life, which is human connection. Um, baby alive dives into a pee and poop. Well, you know what? Christmas is breaking my bank. Christmas. How 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 do your pockets feel? <laughs> empty. They do feel empty. And you know what else is manufactured? Christmas. It's a monetary relationship with baby alive. There's no money. There's no financial relationship between me and that young little soul that I'm taking care of. It's pure love. It teaches you how to love from the ripe age of 16 months. So are you saying that Jesus is a monetary relation? Not that it's mainly about religion or anything, but you oh, know, that's where it religion started. Into this? <laughs> well, I mean, well, okay, no. no. Back to it. All I want for Christmas is you. I think a girl has more importance than baby alive. We'll switch it to that. I'll get more specific. A manufactured song by a singer songwriter has had more impact than baby alive. So you're saying that Mariah Carey is more important than Jesus. <laughs> I'm, say, I, 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 I'm saying they hold equivalent value. Ah, uh, yes. Well, Baby Alive holds huge value in my life. I mean, without Baby Alive, I wouldn't know how to use the bathroom myself. Question, how long have you, uh, did you have a Baby Alive for, and do you still have it today? Baby Alive is somewhere in my childhood house. Baby Alive is still alive. Maybe not with me every single day, but she's running. Um, I had her for several, several years. She was very important to me. 
<laughs> interesting, interesting. Yet every single year we can't help but um you know be a part of the Christmas holiday. No matter what age we become, it is there. Whether it is we listen to one song, whether it is that we build a gingerbread house, whether it's we go to a holiday market, whether it's we go and spend some time with our family during that season, you are using the Christmas holiday every year. But meanwhile, Baby Alive, it seems like you used it for a very temporary time and then you just cast it aside. Well, you know what? A lot of Christmas memories get lost in the drunken times, but my memories of Baby Alive were from my alcohol-free days, so I remember every single thing crystal clear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, look, if, if those memories are rich to you, that's what matters. I think I just speak, I speak to more people who are like, oh, I remember that Christmas I remember that time, that Christmas that I got this present. Oh, Christmas is my favorite holiday. Rather than, oh, I remember that baby alive. Oh, I remember when I learned to breastfeed at a single digit age. <laughs> <laughs> because if it wasn't for baby alive, I wouldn't have known how to breastfeed. <laughs> exactly. I, I think we're ready to hear some uh, closing statements. Why don't we start with, uh, why don't we start with Carly? All right, closing statements on Baby Alive. <laughs> um, Baby Alive is the most beautiful gift you can ever give a child. Whether it is at the ripe age of 16 months or seven years, whenever you want to treat your child how to be the most beautiful parent or friend, get, to, get them a Baby Alive. The giant eyes stare into your soul and say, Hello, take care of me. Make me make you a better person. And Baby Alive does that. Baby Alive teaches you all the functions of eating, sleeping, pooping, and more. And those memories will be instilled in you every single day. Unlike Christmas, who is like your middle school enemy who never invited you to the birthday party for her birthday month. There you go. Excellent. Sebastian? My closing statement begins with let us not forget that uh, Carly believes that uh, Baby Alive uh, is rich because we need to be teaching kids at a single digit age how to breastfeed. I believe that creates a whole unlawful situation. So I believe it's I believe the debate has now switched into what is lawful versus what is unlawful. But let's just talk about Christmas. What a holiday. I had a wonderful Christmas because, as you know, it, it is December 29th, and this happened right yes. after Christmas. It was amazing. Great times. I think it is a season that I look forward towards every single year because, you know, not many holidays or not many things that we celebrate can take up a, an entire month and have it be celebrated by majority of the country. There are events that lead up to it. It's not just like the middle school child who chooses that it will be their birth month, but it is kind of a universal acceptance where, you know, ABC Family's uh, 25 Days of Christmas, where we play movies every single day. Or, like I said, 106.7 shutting down their normal throwback station to throw into holiday music. Or Kelly Clarkson dropping another Christmas special that will be watched by under a thousand people. The point is, it's there. It's happening. We are putting out different ways to uh, celebrate Christmas and celebrate the times that you get to have with your family. And that is why Christmas is very important. I yield the rest of my time, even though I'm pretty sure I went over it. But I yield the rest of my time. <laughs> wow that was a very uh that was a very close debate you two that was very good um we are going to be uh giving the w to none other than carly klein well done carly well done well done well done thank both you, of you this was a close have, debate it may have it may have baby to do with the fact thank that you, you. Thank no, you, please, baby. Please. Thank, you baby thank you baby alive thank you baby 
Uh, yeah. I was about to say, I think maybe part of your virtue had to do with how many times you said baby alive. It I, is. I, I cannot no hold my laughter. I cannot hold my laughter the amount of times, bro. I was like, I'm losing. Every single time you said baby lie, I was like, okay, <laughs> I got to step this up. I don't know what I'm going to say. Like, <laughs> yeah. Matt and I were in correspondence. We were sort of describing yeah. how it no longer sounds like English words. Uh, <laughs> baby lie. Which is but, but, baby but, alive. But, but I see Matt and Jack. So do you want to confirm that you do believe baby alive's function to teach uh, kids at a single digit age? Uh, how to breastfeed is very important to society. Well, Just people, say while we're recording, please. I, yeah, I would... while we record for forever and to have this uh, <laughs> for posterity, have, yeah, for posterity's sake, I, I want it to be known that my take on breastfeeding has been known for a long time. You can see you check out my Substack the bre- the benefits <laughs> the benefits of single digit breastfeeding, uh, and how you know I, I think it's a moral thing of of uh, we've really gone down the wrong path with things like chat gpt everything is so easily now you really got to like learn these skills in an early age so you can master them uh and and if uh, people are wondering my perspective on it it's uh i don't <laughs> you know i don't i'm not interested in politics but uh i do like baby alive <laughs> um sebastian you have the opportunity to for a, for a little plug this moment uh yes uh because that it is december 29th and it, is it sure today. is. Happy, uh, uh, happy I, birthday uh, to people born on, this, on December 29th. 29th. This is what a day it is. I'm having a great December 29th. Tomorrow. Uh, yeah, December, Jude Law. Jude Law. Happy birthday. Ted Danson. Shout out Jude Law. Uh, December 29th. Okay, today's December 29th. Tomorrow, December 30th, I have a show at the People's Improv Theater called The Kids Are All Right. It's a Gen Z showcase. If you're around in the area, please come through. It's going to be a whole bunch of fun. A lot of great performers. Yeah, thank you so much, Matt and Jack. Congratulations, awesome. thank, you. thank you. And friend of the show, Sam Bleeden, I believe, was born on December 29th. So happy birthday to Sam. Oh, nice. Shout out, Sam. Shout out, Sam. All right, thank you both again, and we will see you all in the next round. Wow, what an insanely fierce round of debates. What do you think, Matt? I, I think it was incredible. We have four victors who are going to move on to the next round. And uh, you know what? We have four quarterfinalists as well who, you know, made it that far and got to do their plugs. That's right. And while we say goodbye to the, you know, the valiant debaters who may have been eliminated, uh, a new episode is on the horizon. Keep an eye out and we will see you in the new year.